You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour three of the program. Brought to you by Sundry Golf Course. Get out to Sundry, would you? If you haven't been, why not? Why not? What's what do you got against Sundry? Get out there. <laughs> Sundrygolf.com season scheduled to open April twenty second. Later this week. That's Thursday. Get up. Yeah. Start booking. Make it a part of your summer. Sundry Golf Club. We'll do what you want to talk about. We've got uh, a Flames game day as it's Chicago. And the Flames tonight, the first of seven to go here on the remainder of the regular season schedule. And it's uh, it's not often we sit here like this with a couple weeks left in the season. And uh, the Flames are home and cooled, as they say. Uh, David Amber joins us, NHL and Sportsnet, Hockey Night in Canada. David, good to talk to you again, buddy. How's life? Uh, things are good. I hope you guys had a really good long weekend. We did. Uh, weird, weird few days. Vegas came in. And and throttled the Flames. It was not a fun one to watch or be at, I don't suppose. And then on Saturday, uh, the fans were on their feet. They were doing the wave. They were singing uh, Garth Brooks and we chanting, want we want 10. It's kind of a weird one. Is, is that a juxtaposition, maybe? Is that how that goes? <laughs> yeah, I think the Flames got a little distracted against Vegas. And, you know, Vegas, as you said, the Flames are sort of well-positioned, barring something really unforeseen. You know, they've been locked into top spot in the Pacific for some time, so... You knew they were okay. Vegas was desperate. And conversely, on Saturday, you know, we saw a really horrible and depleted Arizona Coyote team completely overmatched, you know, for the sixth straight game. Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy what's going on in Arizona. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, the Flames, to their credit, you know, it was one nothing Arizona after one period, and, and we went into the intermission, and we were like, what's going on with Calgary here? You know, this is a little bit of a strange situation against a, a really crappy uh, Arizona team and you know to their credit they, they got things straightened out in quick fashion and put up a ninth spot against the, the league's worst team so um, it'll be interesting to see how they come back tonight against Chicago another team that's really just playing out the stretch um, and what I'm really interested to see guys is how Daryl Sutter manages his team he says he's not going to rest anyone but you know what does that mean as far as starts for for Jacob Markstrom and down the stretch, is he going to start, you know, four or five, six of the games? Um, you know, how much rest, if any, does he feel any of his top players need? Maybe not sitting them out games, but just managing their minutes, maybe a tiny bit differently. Well, we'll see. According to him, he's just going to let the, the horses ride. So I'm interested to see how he manages his team down the stretch here. We're obviously right inside it being in the market, but has anyone got a, a Jack Adams case uh, that, that, that will be close to the, the I guess, the success and the, the achievement that Daryl's had with this group that many people weren't sure would make the playoffs or not? That's a really good question. We did on Hockey Central earlier in the week. We talked about the top uh, top, top Jack Adams candidates and Daryl Sutter's name, you know, Mike Puda had Daryl Daryl winning it, and I think a lot of people will just based on how consistent and strong the team has been i think there are a few other candidates i mean i really think what mike sullivan's done in pittsburgh you know they've had an incredible amount of injuries and by all accounts a lot of people you know going into the season were counting them out and sort of saying all right this is the year finally the the wheels fall off for pittsburgh and 
they'll kind of get into rebuilding mode or, or figuring out what they're going to do, you know, knowing they still have Crosby, Malkin, Latang. And what do you know? They're off to the playoffs for a 16th straight year. So uh, Mike Sullivan's done a great job there. You know, Andrew Burnett, uh, you know, the top team in the East Florida Panthers, um, you know, he stepped in great. Listen, he stepped in on a team that was 7-0, and and we all know Joel Quenville left under tough circumstances. But they didn't miss a beat uh, under a rookie coach who stepped in and, and took over, and, and they've been absolutely electric all year. So I'm sure he'll get some consideration. And there's, and there's certainly some more, you know, some more people you could talk about in that conversation. But you're right. I think Daryl Sutter might be the leader in the clubhouse with two weeks to go. It's wild sitting here with a couple weeks left. You look at what Florida's doing. They've won 10 in a row. You look at Colorado. Yeah. They've won nine in a row. I mean, for, Colorado's going to win the President's Trophy, you think, but it's a two-point. I was looking this morning, outside of 2013, when Chicago won the President's Trophy, it's been once in mm-hmm. 13 years that the regular season's top team actually goes on to win this thing. Why is it so hard? I know, I know it's parody. That's the easy one, but you would think that the toast of the league in the regular season would have a little bit more cup success than once in more than a decade. You know, and the greatest, most glaring example of that was uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning at 128 points. It was, I think, one of the greatest point totals we'd seen in NHL history. And, and what happens, they go out and they get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. The following year, they sort of have, by their accounts, a fairly mediocre regular season, you know, on and off at times. And then they go and win the Stanley Cup. So uh, you're right. There's no real rhyme or reason to it. I, I guess what I would say is, and especially like use Florida as a perfect example, Florida is scoring more goals per game than we have seen in a quarter century. So they're, they're an offensive juggernaut, right? But we all know come playoff time, you know, those odd man rushes, uh, you know, even the number of power plays you might see uh, change. And the space and the time you're given changes. And the goaltenders are on the, on the best teams as sharp as they can be. So, um, you know, the game changes. And maybe when you look at these offensive teams that help drive a team to regular season success, especially when you're just, you know, piloted on against the Arizonas of the world, it's, it's different. Those teams are filtered out and uh, the, the time and space becomes much more limited. And teams, you know, predicated on offense where you often see them, you know, rise to the top of the standings in the regular season don't necessarily have postseason success. We just did, you know, on our show last night, we were talking about this. The top three scoring teams this year, Florida, Colorado, Toronto. Those happen to be the top three teams by points and by points percentage in the NHL standings. I'm not to say, you know, Colorado, Florida, Toronto might not have success and one of those three teams might end up being the Stanley Cup champion. But we don't know that. So, um, you know, again, I, I think there's just not necessarily a perfect correlation between teams, you know, go out and are offensive-minded and win a President's Trophy and then to find that same success come postseason. These two, three matchups, they make the um, – I, I think the first round regardless is always so good. the most exciting. There's so many games. Yes, but, yes. But, man, we lose some good teams with how it's set up right now. I'm curious – for the Leafs to go and have a 50-plus win season here, and th- they may draw Tampa Bay in round number one. I don't, I don't know that they'd be wishing for Boston, but, man, it, they might be, even considering all the baggage that the Bruins would bring. Oh, you have no idea. So you guys are based in Calgary, and I'm sure there's a little bit of, of uh, trepidation and consternation as we head towards the postseason, knowing that Calgary won the West, the West three, four years ago, and then 
lost in five games to Colorado. What, what do you think the scene is here in Toronto as they've lost in the first round the last five years? Um, yeah, there's a lot of cautious optimism and, and that matchup with Tampa. You know, let's not be fooled. I know Tampa's right now, you know, sliding a little bit and they haven't been consistent for the last, I don't know, four weeks. But at the end of the day, they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're still the two-time defending champs. They still know how to win when it matters. They still have Vasilevsky, the best goal in the world. They still have Victor Hedman, in my opinion, still the best defenseman in the world. You know, they still have John Cooper, who knows how to pull all the right strings and knows how to motivate his team. And, you know, I, that's a very scary proposition uh, for the Maple Leafs, who, you know, last night set franchise records for wins and points in a season, right? So um, I think you hit it on the head though, right at the beginning, right? Like, the first round's the best round because it's, there's a level of unpredictability. In the Eastern Conference, we're going to have eight teams, all with at least 100 points to make the postseason. So four teams, you know, who are going to be 100-point teams are going are to be eliminated. And when you look at some of those matchups and some of those teams, these are teams with Stanley Cup aspirations. These aren't teams who are like, oh, we made the playoffs, thank goodness. These are teams that think they have a legitimate chance to win a Stanley Cup, just like the Calgary Flames, and they do. Imagine, you know, Calgary could draw Vegas in the first round. And those are two teams that started this season. Certainly Vegas started this season with Stanley Cup aspirations. Um, it's going to be it's going to be wild. I mean, these last two weeks and we know the eight teams in the East, guys, but we don't know the matchups and we're still figuring out, you know, hoping to crystallize the, the Western Conference playoff situation, um, you know, this week. But the matchups are going to be unbelievable and there's going to be a number of teams in the first round, four, five, six teams that, that lose that legitimately thought, wow, we thought this was our year. We thought this was the year we had a team, you know, to get to the conference final, to get to the Stanley cup, to win the Stanley cup. So it's going to be incredible theater coming up. You've talked about Toronto. We mentioned Calgary, the, the third Canadian team of the three that will be playing in the postseason is an Edmonton Oilers club that I think has looked really stabilized and, uh, a lot more organized under Jay Woodcroft. What do you make of the Oilers? Because it feels like when you make a coaching change and despite the offensive success of their two stars, it kind of has felt like a disappointing season. Uh, they might get L.A. in round one. I, I don't hate the Oilers' spot right here. Uh, the Oilers, I think you hit it on the head really well. Like they, They've seemed so much better structured, so less top-heavy. You know, they've been... Yes, listen, do they want uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to produce the way they, they need them to produce? Absolutely. But we saw a case in point on Saturday. Uh, uh, they shut out. Uh, oh, my God, I'm having a brain blank. Vegas. They had a, they had a, Vegas. Yeah, thank you. They had a 4 nothing win over Vegas. They scored four goals. They didn't get a single point from McDavid or Dreisaitl. Right? Nine players collected a point, and neither of them were 97 or 29. Um, that speaks volumes. Uh, Mike Smith... You know, it's certainly very familiar uh, to your to your listeners uh, in Calgary. You know, one thing about him is no one will ever question his battle level. No one will ever question his desire. No one will ever question, you know, his his will to win. Um, yeah, he's 40 years old or, or whatever, 39 years old, whatever it is. And, you know, he's certainly injury prone at this stage in his career. But when healthy, this guy will battle tooth and nail. And what we're seeing right now is he's battling so hard. He wants the net. He wants to be the game one starter for Edmonton. He's uh, put together back-to-back shutouts. If you kind of get good to, to great goaltending on that Edmonton team, uh, then look out. I mean, that's the bottom line. And it sounds so obvious, right, because of the playoffs and you need great goaltending. But 
that was the one question mark that we've seen over the last handful of years in Edmonton is can they get the save at the right time? You've got these two superstars. Can you surround them with enough balanced attack and with goaltending that's above, you know, above uh, average? And right now, Mike Smith's playing well above average. And you've got balanced scoring. When you look at the Evander Kane, Zach Hyman's, you know, even Yessi Pooley, RV, Yamamoto, they're all getting a bit involved in the offense and taking some of the burden off of McDavid and Dreisaitl. If all those things fall into place, those are a lot of ifs, uh, then, yeah, the, the Oilers could be a formidable opponent and could be well-positioned, as you said. And the dream scenario for us guys here at Hockey Night is, you know, Edmonton beats whomever they're playing in the first round. Calgary beats whoever they're playing in the first round. And we finally get that Battle of Alberta, which is so long overdue for the postseason. And we get it, not just in the first round, but we get it with a, with a, a stake in the conference final um, on the line. To me, that's the dream scenario. This is what I go to bed praying about at night. But, uh, <laughs> you know, dreams aren't always answered. We've seen that in our first eight years of having the hockey rights at Rogers. Uh, you know, it hasn't really worked out to have these incredible all-Canadian matchups in the postseason, what we've hoped for. But maybe, just maybe, this is the year we get that. Yeah, well, it's your dream scenario because you don't own property here, clearly. Everything will be set ablaze <laughs> if we have a Battle of Alberta in round two. Like, have a fire extinguisher, oh. get extra insurance, and, like, hunker down. Oh, don't we say that for Vancouver? Is that just the Vancouver group that that, role, that happens? Oh, <laughs> see, there it is. Wow, wow, holy! There it is. Uh, so, take us behind the curtain a little bit. You talk like we all love round one. That is going to be yeah. the busiest time for you guys, I imagine. Not that it gets lighter necessarily, but in terms of like trying to follow all the action every single yeah. night, we're going to have it. Like, take us behind the curtain on what it's like for yourself, the rest of the panel, Ron, all the different uh, analysts you're bringing in. I mean, you guys are ramping up for what's going to be the craziest time of your of your year, I imagine. Well, it is. And to be honest with you, it's sheer pandemonium. And it's tough because you want to be on top of everything as much as we're going to be obviously focused on the three Canadian teams. You know, there's going to be a series and it looks like the one series of all the series right now, the one series that looks like it's pretty much crystallized is St. Louis versus Minnesota. And when all said and done, and it might not get that great viewership here in Canada, but when all said and done, that might be the most fiercely fought series we're going to see in the first round. So you've got to be in tune to all the storylines, like what's going on there? You know, what kind of series is happening there? Um, we can't be, you know, hyper-focused only on, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, and Toronto. And I think that's something, it, it's the greatest time of the year because you have, again, eight series and there's going to be some upsets and there's going to be some massive storylines, right? The Leafs haven't won a playoff series since 2004. You know, the Panthers haven't won a playoff series since 96. Uh, the Oilers, we all know, they haven't had any great level of playoff success, no, nor have Calgary for that matter. I mean, we're, we're, there's going to be some big, big storylines, uh, and, and, you know, it's going to be some sort of, like, unsung playoff heroes emerge and maybe some goats and some guys who disappoint. And um, just being on top of it, it's fun. And, you know, we're, we're, we're amped up. It's kind of like, you know, it's no different than the players, right? The players, you know, that first day of the playoffs, they're walking into the arena a little bit with their eyes a little wider and, you know, it just feels a little different. And same with us, you know, we're walking into the studio that day and, and we know it's like the stakes are higher, the viewership's higher, uh, the level of passion and interest is higher. Um, and it, it makes, obviously, for great theater. I've said this for years, and, and I was a big reality TV show watcher, the Survivors and The Bachelor and all that stuff. I I, I, you know, had a pretty good appetite for that, certainly at the beginning. But there's no greater reality TV than live sports. It's unscripted. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, there's villains. There's heroes. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And there's fans who are emotionally invested um, to a great level. 
uh, on both sides of the ledger. So it just makes for really fun theater for us. And, you know, bottom line, guys, it's, it's to me, it's the most fun uh, time in this job we have, right? It's when, the, you know, game 26, you know, Calgary versus Columbus on a Tuesday night. Yeah, whatever. It's a game. <laughs> you you want to puff it up, and that's our job to sort of be invested in it. But the tr- there's true, real, you know, organic interest in, you know, the playoffs and when the season is on the line. And that's what we're staring down in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be fantastic. Okay, so we're spitballing here. Uh, the last day of the regular season is Friday, April 29th. There is a meaningless game, May 1, between Winnipeg and Seattle that won't affect <laughs> – uh, anything playoffs wise, those neither of those clubs are going there. If we were thinking like you know maybe a uh, Monday May second, Monday May third, maybe alternating nights between the Oilers and the Flames, would we be would we be warm or are all those decisions still yet to be made? Um, well, you're asking the wrong guy. I wish I was a schedule maker. I'd give you all the all the answers. From what I understand, yeah, I, I think they hope to begin the postseason on the second. And in a perfect world, obviously, yes, we would toggle back and forth between Oilers and Flames. We, you know, certainly don't want to double up, uh, you know, having those big fan bases have to pick and choose. And, and, you know, there are some fans who probably just hockey fans who'd love to see both those teams in action and not have to pick and choose one of them. I, I don't know where we're at when, you know, there's, it's a pretty complicated thing. It's arena availability. Certainly it's not just, you know, what hockey Canada, what hockey night in Canada says there's, TNT and the SPN are the U.S. partners, and they have a distinct say in, in how the scheduling goes. Um, I do know one thing. The NHL is very acutely aware that, once again, we're starting the playoffs, you know, for the third straight year at, a, at an off time because of the pandemic. And, you know, even the Olympics, even though the Olympics didn't take place, they had to kind of sacrifice three weeks of, of scheduling in the middle of the season, which they ultimately were able to have some games in. But, um they want to do this quickly. My guess is this is going to be every other night. I know like it was in the 90s for, for much of the time, you know, sort of your Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and the other series is uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, and try and get these things wrapped up. Uh, I think the Stanley Cup, the last day, is June 30th. So if the Stanley Cup final were to go seven games, you know, maybe on June 30th we're going to see a Stanley Cup winner. So if you do the math, uh, you got two months, and you got to get going quickly. So my guess is, guys, uh, on Monday the second, we will have our first Stanley Cup playoff games. So, yeah, so like like you were saying, when you uh, like the pl- the players come to the rink and they got to elevate their game, and you guys show up, do you come strutting in like Lucic wearing one of them jackets, oh, the black leather thing? Yeah, <laughs> painted on. I can I'm see sure. it. I, well, not me, Elliot. That would be an Elliot thing. I could see him trying to roll in and, and look uh, look sharp and it's tough. Uh, it wouldn't work, obviously, mm. but I could see him trying to do that. He doesn't need to paint that uh, on. It can be a little looser cut yeah, for him say, if he wants. I've seen Elliot. Yeah. Uh, he's more like a bag of milk. He's not going to fill that jacket out like you would, buddy. Oh, 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 oh Lord, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, you can, oh. <laughs> you can let him know, too. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Uh, That'd be all right. Yeah, no, Elliot, uh, well, he'll, he'll probably have some special suits for sure. You know, uh, he gets a lot of attention for for his wardrobe, he has some really good-looking sharp suits. We have uh, a wardrobe consultant, Deb Berman, who kind of outfits us. And, you know, most of us are pretty chill, but Elliot will go kind of off the rails a little bit to, to sort of show his style, which is which I think is fun. I think the fans love it and show a bit of personality. And, and we're supposed to have fun. That's what this is about. This isn't life and death. This is sports. This is an escape for most people. So we always got to remember that when things start to feel a little bit heated. 
And I know there's passionate, passionate fans, but we also have to take a step back and just go, hey, this is entertainment, right? Um, it's not life and death. Uh, but having said that, you know, I'm ready. I'm not sure how you guys feel, but, you know, when Vancouver lost in Game 7 back in 1994, I didn't think much of it. I was like, okay, well, you know, last year the Habs won, and right before that the Oilers had won, and the Flames had won in 89. You know, the couple will be back in Canada, and here we are, what, 30 years later, and you know, the cup hasn't been in Canada. I would love, uh, you know, for this to be the year, and I don't really care who it is, whether it's the Flames, the Leafs, the Oilers. It would be really cool, I think, for, you know, the Canadian fan base in general just to have a Canadian team, you know, go down as the Stanley Cup champion. And I think we have three pretty solid candidates. We'll see you know, how these matchups go. But uh, I think that would be pretty neat. So we'll be strutting in, but we'll be <laughs> – uh, excited more than anything else, and you know, it just it's a real it's a real blessing to be able to sort of bring this night in night out for for two months to the Canadian fans because I know just how you know important it is. I'm sure there's a ton of fans in Calgary. I mean, we saw what was going on on Saturday in, in the pretty meaningless game, but the fans were into it as you said, doing the wave and chanting "We want 10." And I think there's a pretty pretty damn big appetite right now for some playoff success in the Canadian market. So let's hope this is the year the teams can deliver. I tell you, there's one thing I, we really have to bring up. Like, there's been a lot of amazing work done by you guys on Hockey Night and, and you know, what, the longest-running program in North America, all that. Uh, has there been a bigger heel turn than Kevin Bieksa being popular in Calgary, Dean? Like, we, no one saw this coming. We hate it, but we can't help but love the guy yeah, who, you know, we would have we hurl insults and cuss words at just years ago. It's like cheering for Rowdy Roddy Piper. It's an unbelievable face <laughs> turn by Kevin Bieksa. Uh, yeah, I hope he's not listening because his, his already bloated ego will get even bigger. Uh, yeah, you know, Kevin is a, a great guy, and I could see why fan bases, you know, ha- that had to play against him would hate him because, you know, he'll chirp you and he'll go out there and he'll Superman punch your, your enforcer and he'll play tough as nails and, you know, he epitomized everything, you know, kind of like Brad Marchand. He's like, oh, God, this guy again. But then you get him on your fan base, on your team, and you're like, oh, this is sensational. So, Kevin's that kind of glue guy, a super funny guy, great addition to the Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, we all love working with him. We have, you know, really fun chemistry. He keeps everyone on their toes because you don't know who's the next victim of um, some sure. It's usually Elliot, thankfully. I try and lay a little bit low. But, uh, <laughs> you just don't know when it's coming, and, and you got to kind of be on your tiptoes uh, with him out on the panel. But you also, you know, having said that, you, you know, and I've been asked about him and some of our other panelists a fair bit, about Kevin is you, you learn a lot watching the games with him. You can really analyze the game. He he sees it through a very sophisticated lens. You can see why he you know as a guy who wasn't some big draft pick, you know he was undrafted, and you can see why he worked his butt off to get that opportunity to play in the NHL. And once he was there, you can see why he stuck around for so long. He's a smart guy. I can really analyze the game, and uh, it's been fun. So you know we're there to entertain we're there to inform and and kevin's been a big part of that and it is kind of funny because you know you're out having dinner with them and i've had it happen more than a couple times where oh my god i hated you as a player but i really love you as an analyst and we just chuckle because that sort of epitomizes it all right like he was just such a tough as nail guys out on the ice and he's uh, got a good you know affable charming demeanor in the studio so it works well yeah we don't like it one bit but uh we'll live with it hey david thank you for your time buddy we do appreciate it we'll be watching um, we'll catch up again here soon hopefully thanks yeah my pleasure guys thanks for having me on you and bet. you know good luck to the flames i hope they keep uh keep the hot streak going yeah, we'll you. pass that along to them yeah we will yeah, thanks great <laughs> great work dave talk to you soon
See you guys. David Amber. He is, is so good. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's it's hard. I, I I've gotten over it. I think now yeah, I'm fine too. with it yeah. because and and to Amber's point, the reason you get past it is because he's good and he and does he's chirping have, Elliot. Just well, yeah, yeah, he does chirp Elliot. But I'll tell you, you you appreciate his perspective. It's that's why you're supposed to have former players there, but not all of them can do it. No. The way he can do it. The great ones make it look easy, don't they? Yeah. Jeez. Shows full of them. Can't wait. And, uh, yeah, Monday, May 2nd, folks. Um, it ain't in stone, but you can go ahead and start uh, making your plans on Saturday and Sunday to earn some brownie points because you're going to need, uh, right from day one of that week in May, here we go, round one. You need one. to thatch your lawn or whatever you need done in your uh, your your yard. Mm-hmm. Get it figured out. Yeah, clean that garage. Hose off the back patio, whatever needs to be done. Get that honey-do list taken care of before Monday. Get it figured out. Uh, Pinder's a D-gen. Anthems are hard. And we're moving heaven and earth. At least that's what we've been told. Hmm. Heaven and earth. Sportsnet 96. You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Guests of the show... I come on the hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For every dollar you spend, earn points towards free pizza. It's their rewards program. Atlas Pizza Sports Bar, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. 6 o'clock tonight, Flames and Blackhawks. The Flames are 2-0 so far against the Hawks. A 5-2 victory at the Dome, November 23rd in Chicago, January 2nd, 5-1. That was uh, DeBrinket scored in the first to make it one nothing, and then five unanswered. Oui. Dubé had an unsuccessful penalty shot. Shillington empty netter, and then Gaudreau scored. I think if you remember, he went, uh, I think it was top. Uh, top shed? Top, uh, is that what they call it? Oh, there's a lot of things you can call it. Top cheese, far down. Now, I'll be honest, I'm looking at this uh, Roof game sheet from January the 2nd. Now, I think we were off. Maybe I was hammered but it was against it was, was the day before we came back arvid soderblom was the netminder not mark andre eh. that night do you remember them playing arvid soderblom nope nor do i i don't think it'll be soderblom tonight but who's to say the uh the chicago blackhawks have one regulation win in their last 15 games i hope it's kale morrison that Nice to meet this fellow. Uh, do we get a Carpenter montage tonight? Oh, got it, yeah. A welcome back Carpe uh, deal at the uh, United Center? <sighs> You'd have to think so. Yeah. <clears throat> they loved him there. I'd like to see him back in. I don't mind them sort of rotating him and Rajitska a bit, eh? Sure. Yeah, take a look. And we, we noted it on Saturday. Yes, it was a horrible opponent, but uh, maybe Daryl's found some combos line two, line three that he likes. Manage Patty into Foley on the outsides of Backland. Mm-hmm. And Yarncroke in between Coleman and Dubé. That line, I know Daryl said afterward, probably the most effective line. They were kind of all around Which is it. good, because that Yarncroke's line has not been the most effective line for a ton of the games he's been yeah. here. Now, credit to the top line, and there's some good players elsewhere, but finding a good fit for Yarncroke seems important, because 
I don't know, like he's just, he hasn't wowed you, and he's also playing the position he's probably less good at. He's better at wing than center, I believe, which is why he spent most of his career there. Nearly had one. Just kind of missed the old uh, the old top shelf there, but, you know. Yeah. He's due, I guess. Yeah, he's been due that. since that Tukarski sprawling diving save on the first game yeah, he played as a flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I've not heard this, but any time it comes to my attention, I got time for it. We were, we talked about 10 to, to do a... Uh, an anthem tends to be difficult. You, Seems to be. Sometimes it's not your own. An American will have to sing a Canadian anthem, vice versa. We see it sometimes mm-hmm. at international events where it's really hard. Did we get another another good one on the weekend? Apparently we did. Now, how did this uh, come across our radar, Patty? Do we recall what the... Uh, well, hmm. I believe a, a fan reached out to you on Twitter. He was like, you got it. That's right. It. Okay. So someone reached out to me. Hey, uh, there was an epic anthem fail, and then I forwarded that along to our fine producer, Patty Dumas. I can play the whole thing, or I can go right to where he frigs up. Well, <laughs> I, just, I only need the uh, frig, but if Give you us a little space. Let us find the cadence and rhythm before we yeah, get yeah, to yeah. the frig. Just, let me just find it here. Because you're right, you need to kind of get into the, you know, get the beat. Yeah, and the we'll field. Start of... from with glowing hearts. Yeah. Okay. And with glowing hearts, we see the rise, the true north standing strong. Oh. <laughs> First messed up. What country is uh, standing strong? Standing. The true north standing. I love the Jet fans in attendance still tr- shouting true north there. Stan, Stanion. Sunion Stas. Sure. This is bad. <laughs> Let it rip. Okay. The true north Stanion strong from far and wide. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on God for thee. Stanion Strong. The Stanion. Yeah, is that look, a hashtag, Stanion Strong? Why do they got to put their own tune on it? Who, who's Stanion? Yeah, you know, they, some some anthem singers, they got to own it. They got to make it their own. Well, in different cities, different expectations. You go to Chicago, there's only one way to sing that thing, right? Yeah. Belt it out, and then they hold that note forever. That's good. That's not bad. We'll keep that in the old. Uh, there's a few. Yeah, we do have a few. Yeah. Over and the years. Oh. This warms your heart. I think it, the, the Memorial Cup, I find, is is especially interesting because you have singers that likely have been singing for uh, doing junior hockey games a ton. And then, oh, we got an American team in the Memorial Cup. That Oh, that might be a little wrinkle there. Yeah, it's tough. Oh. You ever done it? You ever uh, sang the anthem at a... We haven't yet. I know at some point the Flames will ask you. And I oh, know. Canada, God shed his grace on me. Right, so you take... Shedding the grace on me. What do they call that kind of creative license when you're an artist? Yeah. You can yeah. remember this one, Boom? Not yet. <laughs> well, let me just. Yeah. Oh, Canada, 
our home and native land. Greg Bartholomew. (laughs) Bartholomew. Uh, From a Vegas posse game back when the (laughs) CFL was in the United States. Yes. (laughs) Love. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous Yeah, huh? Whose broad stripes and bright stars at the dawn's early light? Whatsoever we strain, and the dawn lights still gleaming. And the dog was still screaming. And Wow, she she was uh, she was at about thirty percent there tops <laughs> for a good chunk of that. A heavy breath and just let's take a reset and we'll try it again. Yeah, and I nope. do. I do like the double clutch back. Do it. Yeah. Who's All right. Who's bright? bright you got it right. No, no, you don't. No, no, you don't. I text, text line wants Fergie from the NBA All Star game. And as you've coined it, uh, and the dog was still sleeping. And the dog likes to sleep. Yeah, my dog <laughs> sleeps all the time. <laughs> Even with the bombs going off at the dawn in the morning and yeah. the rockets yeah. glare, yeah. Damn dog will sleep through anything. What's so proudly we have As the twilight's lights gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. What so proudly we see so you kind of yeah, feel like you're you looking. We- <laughs> oh, it's probably too good. Twilight's last living. <laughs> 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 it is one of the I know that it's it's a tough category to be to win. It's so good. But that, for the red Uh-oh. It's, oh my god. Let it go. Let it go. It's so good. The uh that's Carl Lucy. Yeah, Carl Lewis. Twilight's last winning. I love Beasley. <laughs> Or whoever it is coming to the guy's aid. I got a prompt here. And then, and then there's the beat that. Oh, oh yeah, right. Twilight's last gleaming. After twilight's last streaming. And streaming, yeah, that's streaming. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know what? Uh, do, do we want to do one more? The Carl. The Carl. Got Carl. It's oh, so all right. Good. Go ahead with the Carl. Carl. For the ramparts we watch. We're so gallantly streaming, and the rockets red red. Oh dear! Oh, oh. the bombs bursting in. Nope. <laughs> I'm gonna make up for it now. Nope. Nope. No, you're not. No. We. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Did you know that Matthew Kachuk has a chance to hit uh, 100, 100 points? Oh, he get lots of runway for Hundo. Yeah, Lars Lindholm got a shot at Hundo, doesn't he? Uh, 
Because remember, no, it was last no. week. Uh, Matthew was asked about how you know, how hard it is. For, look, look at Johnny and the accomplishment to get to a hundred. What's that like to get to a hundred? Oh, like, I have no I idea. Don't even have a clue. What have no idea. Not know a thing about it. And Johnny did the. Ah, was looking at the stat sheet. Like, hang on now. Hang on now. Yeah. Here was Johnny talking about uh, Matthew Kachuk and his chase for the century mark. So good in front of the net. He's so good down low, tipping pucks, this and that. And and when he said that the other night, I knew in my mind right away that wasn't true at all. I think, uh, you know, he's going to have a few games in hand after getting 100. So I'm looking forward to, to see him get that and, and be a part of that. So cha-ching for both those guys, eh? 39 goals, 96 points. A 40-goal, 100-point season aye, aye, aye. for for Kachuk after that year last year. Yeah. He might be the best of the brothers after all. We'll see. Although, you no know what? They're both around. probably going to be really good, so it doesn't necessarily matter. The old man never had 100, right? Ooh, he scored 50, but he was definitely not the setup guy that uh, Matthew is. He, he, was, he was the finisher. Did not have. He had 98 points. In his final year in Winnipeg, and that's the uh, the high water mark. Fifty goals that season, hit fifty two in Phoenix the following year. That is tidy. I do think though his uh, career number of two thousand two hundred nineteen pims probably safe. Probably safe. Brady might give it a run. It looked like Matthew might, but I think Matthew's kind of maybe changed his game a little bit. But no, he uh, hundred points. Wow. Impressive, dude. He made the All-Star game 14 years, 14 times in 15 years? No, hang on. My math's wrong. A lot of times. It was a lot. Uh, Once again on the weekend, I was, uh, now, this goes back months ago. It was supposed to be, what, New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve, the Jets were in town, and that was one of the games that got wiped out with COVID, and we were supposed to attend that game as part of a, a charitable event. Our boy Corey Mace, every year around Christmas, does his turkey drive, gets a bunch of birds, and uh, that's for the kind of the, uh, it was the Airdrie. Uh, Airdrie Food Bank? Food Bank. Not to mention some other, yeah. uh, uh, I guess, benefa- uh, benefactors? Hmm? Sure. Benef- Beneficiaries? Yeah. And then on the side, in, in addition to that, he gets some uh, some raffle items, because cash is good, too, when it comes to that sort of thing. Sure. So raise some money for some great causes, and uh, one of the prizes up for grabs for auction was a night at a Flames game in a suite with uh, some celebrities and bring a bunch of people with you. There'd be food and booze and all that sort of thing. Now, right. we, because uh, again, I give and I give and I give. I can't stop giving. It's uh, it's a curse, really. So I had agreed uh, to go and be a part of this and make the uh, the night a ringing success. You're a giver. So I was there. You're giving her. Yeah. As were you. Uh, it's pretty I much. Was giving her. I cannot. Uh, I can't go anywhere. It seems now without uh, without you there. I seems. see you. Yeah. It's, no, we're best of friends. Either way, yeah, so it works real tight. And uh, then a bunch of Stampeders showed up. I mean, late. the whole bloody D line showed up. I mean, kind of late. Right? Holy! Derek Wigan was there. Mike Rose. Mike Rose, of course. Corey Mace, who's no longer a Stampeder, trader, moving Toronto. Didn't know Toronto had a team. Apparently, they've got a team in uh, a CFL team in Toronto now. I don't anyway, know if he did either. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Isaac Berglund was there. One of their he was their first rounder in 2020. Uh, forgetful, by the way. He uh, had a jersey there. I had to, uh, mm. hey, the, your your boy left. It. Anyway, it's not important. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was nice. You know what we were doing? We were hobnobbing and mixing in with yeah. the uh, the Stampeders. There's some large humans was D-linemen. I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed football players are a different 
different. Yeah, and not sorta. like the hey, I kick for the team because Rene was there as well, yeah. and we've seen like safeties and like okay, well that I got a buddy that works out a lot. And he kind of looks like like these are not those humans. No, these, these ones don't mix into the population and fit in. You can. Uh, it's kind of like Mount Bender. You can meet at these people because you can always see them and you cannot mistake them for regular civilians. Yeah. So I would I would guess being a, one of the younger guys, Berglund, poised for another uh, another strong season. He uh, got in as the year went along last year, improved play. Like I said, one of the top prospects. Third overall, I believe he was in 2020. That's anyway. a good flow, too. Yeah, good-looking guy, strong, big, and uh, knew, recognized you, uh, He was apparently. so weird to me, too, and I didn't know why. Well, you're a celebrity. People see no, you. No, it wasn't that, though. It's just like, I've seen this guy before. Not like I... And and I knew that I you know when he came to the booth I'm like yeah okay well he's a stamp but it wasn't that because these guys have helmets on and it's yeah, not yeah. like I'm like in the locker room doing interviews often that's you know Matty Rose territory or Marty whatever we call him these days but yeah I was like geez like he's racking his brain trying this to guy's figure familiar out familiar to me why is that huh. turns out we talked about this about a week ago the one morning that you came in I was unable to make it for the show mm-hmm. and you and Rhett. Mostly took on right. the uh, yeah. the co-host thing. You had been out the night before at the Washington Capitals game, and we said, if you want people a good laugh, go and listen to that podcast, Hour One, mm-hmm. where you are uh, clearly still in the bag <laughs> from the night before. Oh, please. Damn. You didn't realize until just this Saturday. I had just been at the dentist. I had a little bit of the marble mouth going. Not Yeah, it was marble mouth. 4 a.m. dentistry. But it was great. You didn't know until this Saturday that you actually met Isaac Berglund that night. Isn't it funny? And that's why he was familiar. I'm yeah. like, yes, of course. And we came to us like, yes, I knew I'd see, I knew it. I, there's something about it. I know I've met this guy somewhere. And what was the relationship between you and he? Uh, he waved me along. I was uh, trying to gain entry into an establishment somewhere between uh, midnight and the show starting at six. Yep. And he said, uh, why don't you just keep moving along, sir? I don't know that we need your patronage tonight. He was security slash bouncing at a pub and told Ryan Pinder <laughs> to beat it because he was too and intoxicated. And it, was, it wasn't rude. And I, I, when I told the story last week, it was like, well, I probably would have done the same thing. And you know, he's just like, no, like five steps away. He's just like, no, no, and we're see, good tonight. And come come with I, us another time. You're, you're good tonight. You, you just keep moving, sir. It's keep what I love about moving. it. Because you run into people. So, yeah, I, I know. Oh, yeah. How do you know, Pinder? And there's always a story. Yeah, I kicked him out of the bar for being a drunken ass. <laughs> Incorrect. He did not let me into the bar where I would have been a drunken ass. Which may not be better than the former. But I think still... it is better because he's like, that's a great employee right there. He's looking out for the institution. Now, to your credit, you wore it like a badge of honor. Oh, it was great. I got a laugh out of that. Yeah. And I, the first thing I said was like, yeah, I probably should. I wouldn't have let me in either. <laughs> But people will ask, like, so is it, is it what we hear on the radio? Is it real? Is it, could there be anything more on brand than you meeting a guy? I think I recognize you. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were too hammered, and I was working the door and didn't let you in. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, well, let's say, know the doorman now. What you want to talk again? About? <laughs> what you want to talk about? Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out about how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yeah. And what are we looking at this? Well, you know what? There's a Thursday game this week. You're pretty good at the Thursday nighters. No, you know what? The brothers getting married this weekend, so oh, we'll be yeah. out of here. 
You're off Friday, though, right? That's correct. Yeah, so I've this would be, that. I mean, a hockey game's only two and a half hours. Family in town. Exciting times. That's a fair point. I might get to the game. Uh, 960-960, as mentioned, you can... Uh, Boomer, can we hear the Finnish OLP again? I don't know what you're talking about. Not sure what you mean. Thanks for listening. Uh, There's another one there. Right from, oh, I made it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Our Lady Peace. You want to hear it? Well, I, I, yeah, sure, go ahead. Just Rain Maida doing the uh, finished play-by-play. Wow! Now can we hear? Can we hear just the goal? Because it's uh, for if you weren't listening at like six fifty this That's morning, so you will much, have yeah. no idea. But no, this was what was this uh, the context of this play-by-play clip? This was so what? this was finished television happening to call a Florida Panthers game yesterday, where the Finns happened to go off, and it was Barkov, a beautiful play finished off by Lundell, two Finnish guys, and so clearly the announcers uh, they they like such things. There it is. So there it is. That was uh, Our Lady Peace. Yeah. Superman's dead. Nice. So now let's let's hear the let's hear the ditty. The mashup. Song's a banger. It was a banger. It was a bit of a banger. Um, the anthem singer. Yeah, people like him, the anthem singers. Anthems are good. Uh, is Marty Rose working today? I think he's working today. Marty will be on Flames Talk. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, that's going to be in my head now. Just a head. That's a, you're going to take that with you. Pack it up in your, uh, mm-hmm. in your backpack. Take it with you. Free of charge from us. No need to uh, send the checks in. That's freebie. Mm-hmm. Your worm. Mm-hmm. I realize that the stars on paper are the best matchup for the Flames. Is there any concern if the series goes long about the travel? Well, I mean, you're going to play them or Nashville. I don't know that Nashville is any closer than Dallas. I think those are similar similar proximities. Nashville's a little further east. Now uh, Dallas a little further south. Like, do we believe that that's the case? They're the better matchup on paper. Well, they're a one-line team more than Nashville, and I think that it's the first time for this goalie where that can maybe lead to how's he going to react if things don't go well. Um, And, yeah, if you're going to pick up an opponent, I would take a deeper team with a goalie a little more. That's a scarier proposition. But, yeah, yeah, I don't think you want – you're not cheering for Dallas. You're just going to get stuck with them rather than Nashville, right? And I mean, we'll, two good teams. We'll have those discussions uh, as we get closer to it, right? Updated um, probabilities today per Dom's model is seventy-seven percent Dallas, nineteen percent Nashville, and then the dregs of that would be like probably a Vegas or someone else sneaking in. Putting you like really on the spot. Yeah. Oilers first round opponent sixty-three percent LA, thirty-two percent Vegas, so two-third, one-third kind of thing. But. That swung from being exactly the opposite of that before Vegas lost to Edmonton yeah, yeah. on Saturday. Really easy schedule for LA. They don't have a single playoff game, and there's some big games left for Vegas, including St. Louis, left on the slate, who will be playing for for home ice against Minnesota, amongst some other tricky ones. So I like Vegas more than LA. I love LA's schedule more than I like Vegas' is schedule. I just think, in general, 
no one wants Vegas in there. No, not at all. And it's weird. Like if if you enjoy watching uh, the Oilers struggle, you might want Vegas to get in. But then if you're also a Flames fan, you may see Vegas in round two. And if it looks anything like it did on Thursday, and I can I'd suggest the Flames can be a lot better. But you look at the top nine group for Vegas. If they can get Leonard right. No one wants to face them. You're right. Yeah, the team that has gone 41, 30, and 5 this year, that's not the team that you saw the other night. That's not the team no. that right now has won seven of their last 10. They're no fun. They're That's the no fun club. Those and guys. Physical and have been there. Like Eichel hasn't, but a lot of the, like a lot of those guys went to the cup final. Petrangelo's won a cup. Careful. Rick Ball, he's physical. And he's no fun. Careful. He's a handful. He's coming up. That's uh, to kick off Flames Talk. That'll do it for what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of a phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. See you tomorrow, buddy. See you.